It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to Sports for Dummies, the podcast for you if you're a sporting expert like Lewis Pierce, my co-host, or if you're a sports dummy like me, Hope Helen. Trust you're having a good week and thank you for listening. Lewis, you've had a haircut. I have indeed, Hope. For guess how many pounds? I don't know how much men's hair normally is. Okay, so I'll tell you this. My local barber's back in St. Albans. Hair and a beard trim, Mm. £28. That's a lot. Yeah, pricey. Good haircut, though. Don't get me wrong. I went to my local one in Wembley. £8. £8. An absolute bargain. If you ever need a haircut and you're in Wembley Stadium, or near Wembley Stadium, sorry, modern barbers, barbers few. Absolutely ace. Top job. Worth going. It looks good. It looks good. Thank you. No, it's quite sharp. I, I was really pleased. He did a good job. And he gave me, he joked about giving me a Black Friday beard deal. So there you go. How has your week been? The beard is coming on strong, FYI. Thank you. I oh, know. I'm, I'm actually really pleased that we're getting there. We're really getting there. Yeah. Um, my week's been good. I've started a couple new presenting jobs. I've done a bit of uh, virtual bingo hosting earlier on today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you give us one of the numbers? Two, zero, blind 20. <laughs> Seven and four. 74. All the frees, 33. Way! Before we move on, I know we're moving. I know we need to get into the stories. You went to a concert with your ma. And my dad, I did indeed. I went to Ibiza Classics. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. I did indeed. Uh, I didn't see a picture of your dad. He, my dad is not really a photo man. My dad likes a photo, but not not always. Like, he depends on the fo- like in the mood. We did get one or two photos, just I didn't, they weren't on social media. All right, well... I want to see those photos because I need to see the whole family together. Okay, look, at some point soon, Hope. Having a we... grand old time. We did, look, we had a class. There were some absolute classics. I had a brilliant time. Brilliant time. Story number one, Hope. We're going to start off with my Sunday at 2pm. I was inside Wembley Stadium watching the 50th anniversary of the Women's FA Cup final. You are all about Wembley today. I mean, yeah, if it's haircuts, football, you name it, we're there. I was actually sitting in Club Wembley, which is effectively VIP. Now, through my univer- I know, but through my university, very, very kindly, we got discounted tickets. So I was sitting dead on the halfway line for £5 at Wembley Stadium, which is absolutely unheard of. 
I'm in, I'm in absolute shock. <laughs> yes, I had a class time. It was unbelievable. Hope. Honestly, you couldn't make it up. Getting, getting the tickets we did, you'd never, ever get them regularly for that. For any seats, I paid. When I sat at the top, I sat right at the top of Wembley Stadium a couple of weeks back when I went to watch England versus Albania, the 5-0 win. I paid 30 quid for tickets, literally. And you, you know, you have to use binoculars and then a telescope. You're sitting with just sitting amongst the seagulls. Yeah. No, I'm, we're talking. I was not far off from the stars, really. <laughs> but hey, where we were sitting on Sunday was class. Arsenal currently hope are undefeated. They were absolutely woeful. I really couldn't believe it. You're watching a team that are undefeated in the Women's Super League. They were naff. I mean, Emma Hayes, the Chelsea manager, absolute legend. She clearly came with a great game plan. They played brilliantly. They were fantastic. Uh, Fran Kirby, the Chelsea captain, sensational player. She played brilliantly. Sam Kerr, Australian legend, Australian striker. She scored an absolutely outrageous goal. She literally lobbed the keeper in Wembley and then flicked her fingers and stuck her tongue out because it was such a good goal. It was it was brilliant. But hope the one thing that certainly I didn't realise that came out in the press afterwards, and there were some really, really powerful and interesting articles, was about actually the disparity in money between the men's and women's game. And that was highlighted in the match. So Chelsea won the FA Cup, as I've said. They collected a prize fund of £25,000. I want you to guess how much the men, the men's winning team make. I'm gonna go with a hundred thousand, but I actually think it's more than that. One point eight million. <gasps> it is one point four percent of the prize money picked up by the like these. When I read, I honestly, how is that so different? Hope I'm I, on. I was I would just like you were seriously reading these stats. I absolutely could not believe what I was reading. Seriously, I I was in shock. I will just say quickly, Lewis, when you were mentioning those names of those footballers. Yes, I know none of them. No. I know not one of those names. And that's not because I'm a sports dummy. It's because in our society, women in football is not celebrated as much as men. Even if I wasn't, even if I knew even less about football than I do, or even if I never watched football, I would still know footballers' names who are male. I know. And that's this is the issue. This comes back to it exactly. And we're going to get onto this in just a second. Because you're right. I could name you, I'm sure, some top women in the world that play football. And I'm I'm as you've just said there, I can pretty much guarantee you probably won't know them because they're not there's no exposure. So there were some other figures that came out and stats that were revealed. So the men's first round proper. So that is, so the first round proper is the first round of the FA Cup. So St Albans, my local team, got to the first round of the FA Cup. They were there, they they won, they beat Forest Green 3-2. I was at the game. They would have earned themselves at least £22,629. The women's first round proper, so the exact equivalent, but just in women's football, it's not in men's football, but women's football, they would earn £850. <sighs> and that in itself is exactly where the issue lies. Because the trouble is, Hope, these numbers aren't just in England. They are continental. It's not, like, it's not like a couple of grand difference. No. It's so like this is a, a lot of difference. Well, this is it. So for the FA Cup, right? And this was highlighted, of course, because the FA Cup was FA Cup final was on Sunday. The total prize pot, so the entirety of the money invested into the women's FA Cup, which is shared by 300 clubs, was £309,000. Now, to, in fairness, there are more men's teams than women's teams in football to start with. So that that slightly plays a part for some for some element of the figure. But this figure, regardless of that, is a disgrace. The total prize pot for the men's FA Cup, which is shared by 735 clubs, 
is £15.9 million. <sighs> and that is where this entire issue lies because you start to realise very, very, very quickly that people, or and actually I should say more than anything, investors are not putting enough money into the women's game and that in itself is a problem. I'm a bit speechless, Lewis. I hope I, it, it it blew me away. It absolutely blew. I really couldn't believe it. As an example, this the the one stat that actually shocked me the most. This was actually about the entirety of the World Cup. So the 2018 Men's World Cup prize pot was 400 million dollars. That's an enormous oh enormous sum of money. So much money. A lot of money, right? 2019 Women's World Cup prize pot, 30 million. And I just, I don't have the words to articulate how ridiculously stupid that is and just how unfair and illogical it is and how misogynistic it is. I know you mentioned investors. Yes. But really, what else do you think can be done? Because I feel like this is more of a societal thing than it is, than it is a sports thing directly. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not as popular. It doesn't. The prize pot isn't as, as much money because it doesn't make as much money. I'm assuming because it's not as popular. There was actually a really, really good article written on The Guardian. So anyone that wants to read about this, I would absolutely recommend it. Um, just literally type in women's FA Cup uh, money disparity, The Guardian, and it will come up. Guardian is a good paper, by the way. Absolutely. Fantastic, fantastic. Pa- no, fantastic paper. <laughs> so someone, the woman that wrote the article wrote this. The arbitrary attempt to create a a clear lineation between sponsorship, commercial revenue, interest, attendances, and how much money teams make should be awarded is tenuous and masks misogyny. Some argue that increased investment in women's football does not make sense from an economic point of view and that people who argue for equality do not understand basic economics. The opposite is true. Investment cultivates growth. Very few, if any, businesses grow and develop without substantial investment. And the point is hope, which exactly is summed up perfectly, Without investment, the game does not grow. And so it comes back to the people at the top because the truth is you could pack that stadium with 90,000 fans. You could have every single person in this country watching it. But until the people owning these football clubs pump money into the women's game and say, okay, we're going to give you a, I don't know, a transfer budget this season of X million. And we're going to get Sky Sports to ensure that X amount of games are shown on telly, the same as the men's games. Until that is at the same level, the women's game has so much ground to catch up to the men's. Any thoughts or ideas on this? We'd love to hear from you and we can read out some of your responses next week. So do drop us <laughs> what's out. So do drop us an email, sportsfordummiespodcast at gmail.com. Um be really interested to hear what you think can be done. Absolutely. I would love to hear. And and I think the other thing to highlight as well, Hope, just quickly, is that people will say, Oh, but women's football's rubbish. Women's football's rubbish. I don't like watching the quality of football that was on display on Sunday was absolutely phenomenal. Arsenal played woefully. They were terrible. But, you know, teams can't always have good days. Chelsea. Yeah, Arsenal men's. Yeah. We all know how that goes yeah. a lot of the time. Very poor. Chelsea, um, <laughs> Chelsea women, they were absolutely brilliant from start to finish. They had a game plan. They played brilliantly. And a lot of people forget that men's football didn't face a 50-year ban or lack of investment from day one. Because actually, men's football has been televised. And so... And, and, and has been um, funded all of these things and so actually there are so many issues between men's men's football and women's football and how actually the game should grow but I'm going to take the positive in that 40,000 people went to that game watched the game and actually it was watched on telly by 1.3 million people on BBC One which was the peak audience which actually is a great figure we're going to move slightly forward as well hope to another little element with football because this is important to talk about as well 
Barcelona last night. They lost 3-0 to Bayern Munich and they have been knocked out for the first time in the Champions League since 2003-2004. So it's been years and years. Ooh. They hope Barcelona are in ruins. <laughs> they are they are in a shambles. Lewis, what is story number two? Two. two. Duh. Dos. <laughs> Going from Barcelona, dos. <laughs> I don't know. Let me shut up. You talk. We're going to go. It's all right. We're going to go on from a story. Actually, we covered a couple of weeks ago that was was very important at the time. We're talking about Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul. I'm laughing. I don't know if I should be laughing. But I was chatting to my brother-in-law about this. Yes. Because obviously Tommy Fury, I'm sorry if this is a spoiler to your story, Lewis, but Tommy Fury has said that he's got a bacterial situation and he's also got a broken rib. My brother-in-law was like, Oh, I think that was Tyson Fury throwing that medicine ball at him. <laughs> Did you see the clip? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's not really how you meant to train, I don't think. No. So that is right, Hope. Fury, unfortunately, is pulling out of the high-profile, very big fight that was all over social media against Jake Paul, which was next Saturday. Um, unfortunately, he has suffered a bacterial chest infection and a broken rib. Now, there was a lot of news that broke at the time that said, oh, he's lying and it's not blah, blah, blah. It is actually true. He said on his Instagram, he's posted a video and clips of the fact that, you know, kind of like screenshots saying of his medical report saying that he's got a broken rib and all this stuff. It's very unfortunate um, that it's happened the way it has and kind of, you know, this fight's gone in the bin because actually it was, you know, a lot of people were looking forward to it. It might not necessarily be a pinnacle fight in the boxing world, but that doesn't mean to say that it wasn't big for both Jake Paul and Tommy Fury's career because it would have been, I think if Jake Paul won, he would have absolutely escalated in the boxing world. And if Tommy Fury had lost, he literally would have crumbled and disintegrated. So it is unfortunate. It looks like they're going to try and rework the fight for a later date. But now Jake Paul is is now really weirdly fighting the man that he fought in August again. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just say... Would it really have elevated Jake Paul's career in boxing that much? Because, no disrespect to Tommy Fury, I've never seen him fight. But he's not like, he's more well-known for Love Island than he is for boxing. That's right. If we're honest. So, I mean, if if Jake Paul was to fight Tyson Fury, then of course. Yeah. But Tommy... Well, the, the, the thing is, Hope, about Jake, um, about, yeah, Jake Paul. If he was to fight Tommy... The reason I think why that would gain massive exposure is just because of the name. It's not necessarily his boxing ability. It's simply that you have beaten a Fury brother. And actually, the thing with Jake Paul and his brother, Logan Paul, they are very good and very clever in the way that they work with the media and how they like basically blow up and blossom all of their big news stories. They all balloon massively. Jake Paul comes out and calls t- um, Tommy Fury boxing's biggest B-word, because we're not swearing because it's a PG channel. This Mate, you're a YouTuber. Like, in reality, in the in the boxing world, nobody knows who you are. You're a, you're a, And no one takes you seriously. No, exactly. And it frustrates me because it's like, I agree, the fight in reality was commercial. You know, it wasn't a proper boxing match. It was to do with money. And now Jake Paul's also announced that he's fighting Tyron Woodley. This is the man he fought over eight rounds in August. He's also announced to this Woodley guy that if Woodley knocks him out, he's going to give him an extra $500,000. And it's like, it's all money. You know, it's all, in, it's just, it's just like, it's all just like. It's kind of, it's, it's taking the mick out of the sport, I yes, think. Yes, exactly. I know there's, I know there's positives you could take from it. The fact that it's raising the profile of the sport and it might encourage young people to pursue boxing or whatever the case may be. But actually it's kind of, I think it's taking the mick. Yeah. 
and actually the truth is i think the fight the other thing that people kind of spoke about was that tommy uh, you know before every fight hope there is a press conference and tommy fury had a conversation with jake paul over zoom and actually tommy fury didn't want to have the mic it was all and i'm sure you've seen the memes <laughs> but it was big john fury had the mic you're living vicariously through your sons you never accomplish anything i see a bunch i see three idiots on stage that's what i see you're the biggest idiot of all for accepting this fight you mug Take the glasses off I so you can see the fear in your liar. eyes. Take the glasses off so you can see the fear in your eyes. No, it's take them off. I love that clip. Hey, you go, Tommy, don't fear it. He gets really, he's like, he's just... It was a legend. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I creased at that. I actually shared that as well. Yeah, it, yeah it I is, creased at that. It is very funny. But that's the point, Hope, that, you know, it is a shame and hopefully they can rework the fight for some point soon. Um, but obviously, in reality, all attention now actually turns away from this fight because it would have been the UK versus US fight and now it is simply Jake Paul versus another person that, in reality, most people haven't heard of in the boxing world. Did he win last time? Yeah, he won, but it wasn't it wasn't a clear win. As in, like, it wasn't an obvious victory. He didn't knock him out. It, he, he won. And there was no one else that he could fight, new person. Well, this he is just the point. had to do a rematch. I don't know. I hope I, the, the, this is the point about Jake Paul and this whole YouTube scene. No one really knows. They were There was a lot of paper talk saying KSI was going to fight him again, but that didn't happen in the end. Although, Hope, all attention turns from this now fairly small fight onto Saturday the 18th. There is a major fight happening in the UK. But for, whoop, whoop. But for all, Manchester Arena. That is right, Manchester Arena. For all Sports for Dummies fans listening, please keep your eyes peeled on the prize, whether that's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, for some big, big news, a major announcement in the Sports for Dummies world. We have a massive interview that's going to be upcoming in the next couple of days relating to the boxing fight. Please keep your eyes peeled for more updates. On to our third and final story of the day, Hope, and we are moving on to the cricket. <laughs> Ping pong. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know. What, what noise can you make for cricket? I don't know. Because Hey, batter, batter. Hey, batter, batter, swing. That one. That's, that's baseball. Um, Oh. Huzzah! There you go. There's one. Uh, right, there we are. England are taking on Australia at the moment in Brisbane, so for the Ashes. Um, currently, that is the Test Series number one. Hope it has been absolutely woeful. Because of everything that's happening in the world of cricket in the UK at the moment, which we will discuss in more detail uh, at a later date, do you think that's put off some of the players and that's affecting their performance? I certainly think that has played a part, Hope, yes. In anyway, and we will get to kind of what's happened with England, but I think most certainly I'm sure that will have had an effect in the camp. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Um, England have been terrible from day one. So England aren't, England have lost, unfortunately, nine of the last 10 tests in Australia. So we are absolutely shocking in Australia, unfortunately. There's a number of reasons for that. Often, a bit like football games, you know, traditionally, teams that play at home, whether internationally or domestically, are better at home. Just one of those things. Home crowd, all that stuff. Now, obviously, with COVID, England fans can't even get to Australia. So that also plays a factor too. So there's not even any English noise. You've literally got all the Aussies out there. The series kicked off on Tuesday. England decided to bat, basically hope, to kind of give it sports and dummies terms, as we always do. Very, very bland, basic terms. And you're right, we are yet... Very bland! As in bland, like, like not trying to put in <laughs> tricky words. There's no seasoning no. on this description. It's like going to Wagamama's and not ordering the curry with the cat soup. You're just having the chicken and the rice. I've only been to Wagamama's once, and I didn't rate it. It was the perfect conditions, Hope, to bowl. Perfect conditions, great blue, sunny sky. England decided to bat opening which already put us at a disadvantage because why they picked that i don't really understand anyway 
I don't really understand anything. No, but and, and uh, sorry, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mean like that. I just, what is the bat and the ball difference? I don't understand. Hope I know it is very complicated. And look, once we've done the episode, it will all make sense. But to put it as plainly as we said, as plainly as possible, Rory Burns steps up for England, so he's batting. He has become so he got bowled out on the first ball, literally the opening ball, bowled out. So the person ran up, threw the ball. He was supposed to hit the ball and it hit the stumps. So he got bowled out. Gone. Oh. First person, right? First- Rory, you silly sausage. Yeah, that's right. Even more of a silly sausage because Rory is now the second man in history to go out to the first ball in the Ashes series. And the last time that happened, which was the first time that happened, was in 1936 for England's <sighs> Thomas Worthington. So he he set a new record. Well, a new record for a number of years, which was dreadful. So England hope. Oh, you don't want that, do you? He's going to be in the Guinness World Book of Records. It was quite poor. Um and it only got worse, Hope. It started badly and it kind of, it basically pinpointed just how the day was going to go. England normally hope for a for a test series, you'd hope for probably maybe 200, 300 runs, a good couple of hundred runs. You know, nothing kind of below 200, ideally. England were all out for 147. So that means all of England's batsmen were either bowled out or caught for 147 runs when the aim ideally is 300. So they didn't even hit half of what they're supposed to aim for. What is a run? When you run from one side to the other. And then back again? Exactly. That will be two. It gets more complicated though, because, and again, we won't give all the specific terms because it will get too complicated and we'll save that for the cricket episode. But there's something called a four and a six, which is where you don't do any running at all. That is dependent on how you hit the ball. Wow. There you go. This is not an easy sport to get my head around. No. Do you know what, Hope? It isn't too It isn't too complicated, but actually, England were just terrible. <laughs> the sporting expert says. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I promise you. I used to find... I, I, no one ever lie. This is a fun fact. I used to absolutely hate cricket because I never understood the sport. One of those sports I couldn't stand because I didn't get it. When you understand it, it becomes much more interesting to watch because it's tactical. It's very, very tactical, methodical sport and how it moves and works. So... England were terrible on day one. So we were 147. So how it works, Hope, is normally on the same day, you'll bat and you'll bowl in one day. Now that was cancelled because the weather was terrible. It started really bright. And in the end, it started to basically, the weather was shocking. And so they they called it prematurely. The game was called off. Australia then bat day two. Now that was today because the games are being played at effectively midnight our time because obviously they're in Oz and they have to be played early in the morning because it's hot because it's their summer. So they have two games. Basically, every day, they'll have two games. One, the person's batting, then they switch. Correct. But because they had to do the weather, does that mean they'll do, they won't do three games today. They'll just add another day, will they? Yeah, but it also, it also gets more complicated too, because as an example, if it gets too late at night and they're still batting, they might save it for the next day. So they effectively, a bit like, imagine like football right now. So let's say they're playing football in, let's say it's Liverpool against Manchester City and it's the 75th minute and all of a sudden it gets too dark and the floodlights go out, like boom. They'll pause the match. They'll literally dead stop the game. They'll say, pause it here and they'll restart it again for the morning. So sometimes they do that in cricket as well. And it's an- Has that happened in football? No, no, but I was trying to give you an- ex- So you understood- Oh, you know what I mean? so oh I- now you're just confusing me even more. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I was trying to give it a parallel. <laughs> and I was just like confused then. Anyway. Why do the lights go off? Have they not got electricity? Have they not paid their bill? Clock, what are you doing, mate? You're supposed to be paying electricity. Uh, no, not that at all. Now, day two was today. Australia were batting. And- Things went from bad to worse for England because Australia ended up with 
a lot more runs in England. And to put it very plainly. Are we normally really good? And this is a, a quite unusual or are we normally quite rubbish? So in typically hope in Australia for the Ashes, we're not, as I said, we're not very good. We've lost nine of the last 10 tests in Australia. Like we are, we are naturally not very good in Australia. And um, just one of those things. Now, unfortunately, it's got worse. As I've said, Australia have batted really well today, effectively last night. Australia batted amazingly. They did really well. They are miles ahead of England today. And England have a long, long, long way to catch up to even make any ground. So we go again, effectively, tomorrow, which is tonight, basically. Just say tomorrow. We go again tomorrow. Um, it was quite funny as well. There was a there was a note that came out after England's batting on day one because obviously the games are overnight. And so the, I saw a fan on Twitter. I'm glad I had my eight hours sleep and didn't tune into BT Sport. And someone replied to that and said, so did England, obviously, because we got absolutely, <laughs> absolutely battered. Um, it was it was woeful. And there are there are definitely a number of reasons, Hope. I think currently, again, sports are dummies terms, Two of England's best bowlers are currently out for quite mysterious reasons. They've not been picked. They're in the team, but then... Why mysterious? Well, in the sense that they are they're two of England's greatest players, effectively. But they haven't been chosen. Well, they have, but they're not playing. Like, they're not actively... They haven't been... They're on the bench. Correct. They're on the bench. Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, no, no. no. It's good to know. <laughs> I get my head around No, it. I know. It's... They're on the bench. They're on the bench. That's like... That's like clip-clop. Sorry, I'm doing another Liverpool no, no, it's good. parallel. Good. That's like clip-clop putting Salah and Mane... Both on the bench. Exactly that. And it's the first time in, I believe it's about 15 years, it's, it might be over 15 years, that both of them, sorry, neither one of them has been playing in the Ashes. It never happens. They always play. It's either one or the other. It's very rare, or, or both at the same time. It's never been seen before. Neither of them have been playing. And that's named two names, Stuart Broad and James Anderson. Can I just say, word of the series for you, it's not bizarre this time. It's woeful. Woeful. There you go. Good word. Good yes. word. Maybe that could be a good game. If you hear Lewis say woeful, you have to set a challenge or something. <laughs> Maybe tighten to sports. Every time you hear Lewis say woeful, do a squat or a press. There you go. That sounds like a woeful idea. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there you go. That, everybody, is the sports of the week all wrapped up. Hope, have you got any last questions or are we good to roll? We're good to wrap and roll. Awesome. Well, we'll leave it on this, everybody. Have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let us know what you thought on any social media platform. That is Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, our email, you name it, we're there. Um, we'll include all of them in the bio underneath in Anchor um, if you'd like to get in contact with us. Important hope for all people listening because I know there are lots of F1 fans who tune into this. We will be talking about the F1 next week. Worth tuning in on Sunday the Grand Prix final hope of Verstappen versus Hamilton. It's going to be massive. Comes down to the deadline. They're on level points. So if Lewis Hamilton can only win the Grand Prix, which will be his eighth world title, he has to finish ahead of Verstappen. We would really appreciate leaving a review on Apple Podcasts because it actually does really well for us. It makes our podcast kind of blow up more people can see it so if you fancy doing that we'd really appreciate it and the also another thing is if you are listening and you've got a, a small business or a new venture that you're doing and you would like to collaborate with us whether that's a sponsorship or just a collaboration uh, we're more than happy to talk to you so drop us an email sportsdummiespodcast at gmail.com and we can rock and roll in the next series there we go awesome that is great thank you everyone for listening hope it was a pleasure talking to you what have Lewis. you planned for this oh go on you Go. I was just going to say, I, I love you like I always do at the end. Oh, you too, Hope. But the question is, <laughs> anything exciting happening this week?
Um, tomorrow I am looking after my niece and Saturday I'm doing a uh, trip to the dump with my mum. Woo! Then I'm going to the, then I'm going to the pantomime. Oh yeah? What pantomime are you seeing? Beauty and the Beast. Oh, so, oh, classic. With the, classic. With the kids, yeah. And then Sunday, my brother's coming home. Ah! I'm so excited for that. What's your brother's uh, name? Joe. And jo- he listens to this as well. Oh, do you? Shout out to Joe. Thank you for listening, Joe. You're a legend. Um, Joe is a legend and he's giant and I haven't seen him for two years so I'm so excited oh that'll be wicked hope have the best time that sounds class and Lewis what about you I am going ice skating tomorrow which is Friday that'll be good that is big oh don't fall over oh I'll try not to I also have AM for all sports and Amis fans listening as well I have an interview tomorrow with a special guest so that'll be very very exciting for me as well and over the weekend I'll be kicking back relaxing I won't really I've got loads of deadlines due for next Friday but I'll be <laughs> pretending to, to relax as I'm powering through work yeah, you'll be on your laptop in bed. That'll be your... Yeah, literally. That'll no be one your can chilling. See it. But right there, I've got the setup ready to go. We're ready to rock and roll this weekend. People, take care. Stay blessed. We'll see you next week.